0: Hello and welcome to Unbossed, I am your host Nina Turner. And in the co-host chair today, we have none other than Jessica Burbank in the house baby. And Jessica, It's good to
1: be here always every time.
0: So glad to have you and Jessica is a TYT contributor as you can see, she's with me weekly. And Jessica, I wanna know and I think our viewers are wanna know as well, what is happening in your other worlds?
1: Yeah, we're talking a lot about the debt ceiling fight, which is going to be a recurring one. Social Security potentially being cut, the rumors that it's going to be insolvent or run out of money. And we're doing it on Snapchat. I'm covering the news on Snapchat now, which is
0: exciting. That is a beautiful thing, and that is More Perfect Union.
1: Uh, Yeah, so there's a lot of videos getting posted with More Perfect Union on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. It's going to be at K K A Burbank.
0: Very, very good. So you guys don't want to miss what is happening with Jessica in her other worlds. I mean, edge of the seat, good. So today's first segment that we're covering earlier this week. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was on Fox and Friends and was asked about the infamous George Santos. Take a look.
1: Did George Santos, are you a part of his re-election campaign? No, I am not. Right, so no, he, he shouldn't run have for Have you re-election. done anything for that seat to try to get a, a Republican in? Oh, we're going we're to keep that seat with another Republican. Yes, we are.
0: We're going to keep that seat with another Republican. Yes, we are. It took him long enough to say that, and Santos himself did not take the speaker's comments lightly. He weighed in on this on Twitter. This is what Congressman Santos had to say, dear media, I plan on continuing to serve the people of New York three, providing excellent constituent services to the people of NY3, and proposing common sense conservative legislation for the betterment of our nation. Speaker McCarthy's comments do not change my intention of running. I know that Congressman George Santos is using the word serve very loosely. And he has not done much representing, but he has done a whole lot of defrauding. And that is Congressman Santos. Santos, who faces a 13 count indictment in federal court in New York for a litany of crimes or criminal charges, including fraud, money laundering, and theft of public funds, has nonetheless bowed to seek re-election, like any good grifter. Prior to that 13-count indictment, we of course know Santos had already made a name for himself by fabricating his past. Let us remind you of some of the things he said about his own past: his mother's death on 9/11, an early Wall Street career, his Jewish heritage. Claimed he was a producer for the Broadway musical Spider-Man. Turn off the dark. Jessica like can barely contain my right I
1: can't. <laughs> what a brilliant it. guy.
0: Yeah. Just go ahead, Jessica. Weigh in now because let me get myself together.
1: Yeah, I mean, seeing the Spider Man one is a big one. Out of all the things Congress people lie about in the United States, Santos has just gone for the comedy. He said, Forget it. I'm just going to make myself memorable. The way he made his profile photo on Twitter right now as himself with sunglasses on and a bunch of cameras around him is hilarious. Just the litany of criminal charges and the litany of controversies and absurd lies. Lies lies told for no apparent reason, it seems that he's doing it all for fun. And as much as I enjoy watching, hearing McCarthy laugh about it as well, um, I don't know how I feel about that. The way McCarthy's so confident they can just get another Republican in there. It's just gonna be some random guy potentially, someone just like George Santos. Someone wearing glasses and the fake nose again with a false identity and just makes up their resume as well. I think let's just keep the trend going.
0: Yeah, that's how they like the Republicans. I mean, <laughs> Jessica, you know what? I really believe that George Santos is preparing for his next career as a reality TV star, I really do. We shouldn't sleep on the the brother. That's what he prepared for his next job. Now prior to that 13 count indictment, well, we know prior to the 13 count indictment, he fabricated all kinds of things that we listed. And as of May this year, a vast majority of Americans think Santos should resign. Here's the graph of that. Do you think George Santos should resign his seat in the House of Representatives? In that beautiful purple, we see 64% of Americans say yes, 21% not sure, and 15% no. But that does not stop George Santos, who probably thinks he's a mini me Donald Trump. So he's just gonna keep the lies flowing and just hope that people forget or he's just gonna wait it out. That's what Republicans are very good at, just waiting it out and taking advantage of the short memory that many of us have. Congressman Santos is the gift that keeps on or Santos. (laughs) Jesus, I can't keep (laughs) Santos Santos. They all the same. It's the gift that keeps on giving. We will have more on him, I'm sure, as the days and months goes go by. Now, speaking of McCarthy's support for Trump, that was tested yesterday in this interview. Take a look. Trump's been indicted. Um,
1: His poll numbers are going up, so primary voters like him. If he wins the primary, do you think he can win the general? And is it good for the Republican Party if, if Donald Trump is the nominee? Can, and then I want to get to Biden can, and, and can, the, his malarkey defense and all that can stuff. Trump, too. Can Trump beat Biden? Yes, he can beat Biden. You, is that a good thing for the Republican Party if Donald Trump is the- The, is the Republicans the, get to select their nominee. I think if you want to go sheer policy to policy, it's not good for Republicans, good for America. Win an I election? Could he win an election? Can and, and he win and get, that election? Yeah, he can. You think he can? The, the question is, is he the strongest to win the election? I don't know that answer. But can, somebody, can anybody beat Biden? Yeah, anybody can beat Biden. Can Biden beat
0: other people? Yes, Biden can beat him. It, Can anybody beat Biden? Can Trump beat Biden? I'm not sure, the primary voters will decide. This is what Speaker McCarthy went on Fox News and he was very confident until the backlash started. McCarthy questioned strength of Trump's candidacy, then quickly backtracks because there's nothing like the megas coming after you baby to make you rethink what you said on national TV. The House Speaker angered Donald J Trump's allies by saying he did not know whether the former president was the strongest candidate to beat President Biden. I mean, these days you just can't even be honest because the megas will come for you. Now, what's perhaps even more hilarious, what McCarthy did immediately after. The comments irked Mr. Trump's allies, setting off an urgent effort by Mr. McCarthy to walk it back. He just walk it back, baby, he ran it back. He contacted Breitbart News, the right wing news outlet to offer an exclusive interview in which he said the former president was stronger today than he was in 2016. You better say that, baby, to save yourself and blame the media for, quote, attempting to drive a wedge between President Donald J Trump and the House Republicans. Damn the media for allowing Speaker McCarthy to speak the words out of his mouth. Yeah, they put those words in his mouth. Don't believe. Don't believe your lying eyes or your lying ears. It was the damn media that made him do that. This is just another example of McCarthy's cowardice when it comes to dealing with President Trump. The hurried attempt at ingratiating himself to Mr. Trump underscores Mr. McCarthy's fears of alienating the former president as he struggles to keep together his fractious House majority and withstand mounting pressure from the right wing lawmakers loyal to Mr. Trump. In other words, Speaker McCarthy knows who is in charge, baby. And it is Donald J Trump when it comes to the GOP. Now, how can we forget McCarthy's flip flop on January 6. 6th. Let's rewind, take a look.
1: Fully released phone calls show Kevin McCarthy told fellow House Republicans shortly after the US Capitol attack, Donald Trump had acknowledged bearing some blame for it. He told me he does have some responsibility for what happened. Um, and he needs to acknowledge that. One call, McCarthy expressed frustration with the former president.
0: I've had it with this guy. Uh, what he did is unacceptable. Um, Nobody can defend that and nobody should defend it.
1: In another, McCarthy said he was considering asking Trump to resign. It
0: would be my recommendation we should
1: resign. Um, I mean, that would be my take, but I don't think he would
0: take it. Now this was way back in 2022. I've had it with this guy and he needs to resign. This man has no spine and no backbone. He talked that smack behind President Trump's back, baby. But he will not talk it to his face. Yet less than three weeks after January 6, where was Kevin McCarthy? You asked, here he was.
1: Two weeks ago, Republicans were condemning Donald Trump after the deadly attack on the US Capitol. Now some already appear to be softening their stance, rolling it back. The latest example House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, he met with the former president at his Florida resort yesterday. It's a turnaround for
0: McCarthy who is backing off his previous statement that Trump quote, bared responsibility for the scene. Let's just go ahead and give McCarthy a nickname of our own, back off McCarthy. He not skipping, he running because he knows the megas are not to be played with when it comes to the GOP, he understand who his daddy is, Jessica.
1: Yeah, he sure, certainly does, but he doesn't understand and neither does Donald Trump, They don't understand how to stand with their arms. They're like, what do I do with my arms in that photo? They look like they don't know how to be human and it's their first day on Earth. They're like, how do we stand when we're doing a photo in a lobby? And they're just like, uh, it's the most awkward thing in the world. These guys are the least relatable people in the entire country. But I think McCarthy is a neoliberal. He doesn't like this brand of right wing populism that Trump's bringing to the table because it's a distraction from their misinformation campaign about how social security is gonna be insolvent in 2033 or the next 10 years. How they're taking in more or taking out more benefits than are being paid into the program and therefore we just can't afford it. When we don't have existing legislation to allocate the funds to the defense budget, What they do is they just write a new piece of legislation to allocate more funds. So they're deciding to bankrupt retirement on purpose. McCarthy has a very clear policy agenda for what he wants done in the country. Donald Trump is not as in deep as the neoliberals are when it comes to that kind of a thing. Donald Trump really runs on fear and this kind of culture war. Uh, And that that right wing populism is a distraction from the mission of the more conservative branch of the Republican Party. But they want to maintain power and they need people like Donald Trump's base to do that because it turns out bankrupting your grandparents is not very popular among the American people.
0: There it is, the tsunami known as Donald J Trump. Maybe we'll have them backing off, but yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Jessica, well, we will continue to report on, on on the episodes of backtracking McCarthy. Now we're moving on to Senator Rick Scott. He issued a travel warning to socialists, to communists and those who believe in big government. Take a look. Senator Rick Scott here, let me give you a, a travel warning. If you're a socialist, communist, somebody
1: that believes in big government, I would think twice. Think twice if you're thinking about taking a vacation or moving to Florida. We're the free state of Florida. We actually don't believe in socialism. We actually know people. And we some people understand lived under it. And we know people lived under socialism. It's not good. It's not good for anybody. So if you're thinking about it, if you think about coming to Florida and you're a socialist or communist, think twice. We like freedom, liberty, capitalism, things like that.
0: Wow, but how is it? living under the gluttony of capitalism, like unfettered capitalism, laissez-faire capitalism. Now, let's recap this. The man said if you are a socialist, a communist, or somebody who believes in big government to think twice about coming to Florida. He said think twice about taking a vacation or moving to Florida. We are the free state of Florida. We like freedom, liberty and capitalism. We don't believe in socialism. It's not good for anybody. Now, my stunt double had to weigh in on this per usual, and she's usually right, most of the time. This is extremely inappropriate at best, a threat at worst. Yeah, cuz he said don't come here. And it's basically don't come here or or else, or what? What, Senator Rick Scott? What is going to happen if a communist, a socialist, or a big government type What if they do come to vacation or move to Florida? What exactly is going to happen to them, sir? Explain yourself. Now it's amazing how the GOP prides itself in the art of division. And my stunt double is correct, as she often is, that Senator Scott's warning is extremely inappropriate at best and a threat at worst. Now his comments about how Floridians believe in freedom, liberty and capitalism, which Floridians is he referring to inquiring minds want to know, how can one be free if one is always in survival mode or in constant need? Let's put up these stats. Let's let the empirical data show us just how free Feridians are. Nearly half or 45% of working Foridians are living in or near poverty or in households that are one missed paycheck or lost job away from affording basic needs. Nearly 2 in 10 or 17% of Florida's children live below the federal poverty line, which means earning less than $26,500 per year for a family of 4, ranking Florida as 35th among other states. But let the good times roll. Let that freedom just ring for them. And the majority of these children are black or Latinx, children living in poverty are more vulnerable to low academic achievement, dropping out of school, abuse and neglect, behavior and social emotional problems, physical health problems and developmental delay. Now, is this the type of freedom that Senator Rick Scott is referring to? Instead of threatening folks, he should put his energy towards changing the material conditions of the people who live in the state of Florida and less on playing games. But as my grandmother would say, that would be too much like right, as in doing the right thing. And that is not in Senator Rick Scott's nature. Jessica, your thoughts.
1: What a terrible guy, man. I think most Americans that were alive during the Cold War and McCarthy era, when they hear socialist communists, they think bad things. They think of a centrally planned economy that's run by authoritarian figures. Having a planned economy is not very different from what we have right now. Think of who the authoritarian figures running the economy and making decisions are. Who creates money, who gets to decide who has access to capital? It's people with capital already, so wealthy people who got it through exploiting slaves or stealing land when they first got to the United States. And it's big banks who make the choice which businesses actually get the funds to operate in this country. That's a centrally planned economy, it's just not the traditional government running it. But when we have the consolidation of economic power in the United States, the consequence is this type of stuff that Rick Scott participates in, which is running a private hospital and committing fraud to collect $631 million from federal programs like Medicare and Medicaid. These are public dollars that are supposed to help the people. And instead he runs a private corporation and takes it and commits the largest case of of health fraud. In the history of the country, that's what he did when he was CEO of a hospital. So he's exactly the guy he's telling us to be afraid of. So I think Rick Scott should probably instead worry about, I don't know, getting a job instead of where I go on vacation.
0: Yep, he likes let that freedom ring as long as it's ringing for him and his ilk and the owner donors that control him and so many others like him. All right, folks, Jessica and I will be right back after these messages. And welcome back to the show. We want to thank the mods for keeping the chat clean, safe, and fun. We appreciate you on that. And don't forget to follow the Young Turks on all of our social media outlets. We need you, just follow us. and, And if you're watching on YouTube, click the like button. All of that helps us so tremendously. And if you are not watching Unbossed live, that's okay. You can catch us on video on demand. And if you are watching live and cannot do that every single day, don't forget you can catch us on video on demand and find TYT on Snapchat, Snapchat and TikTok by searching for at Young Turks. And don't forget to follow. You can also watch our, our shorts. Baby, the unball shorts are the best. I might be a little biased, but I want you to watch those shorts and click the like button. All right, on to my favorite part of the show. We're going to Twitch first. Jay Mullen. Do two liars cancel each other out? <laughs> That is a good question, Jay Muller. Now, hopeful heart and open eyes, literal secrecy was a comedy. (laughs) Reality is not, but it's best to look at our politics that way too. Any one of them up for next election doesn't look good. Lesser two evils to pick from again. You got that right, hopeful heart and open eyes, I'm right with you. I mean, the lesser two evils Still evil baby. On YouTube Super Chat, Henry Downs, two of my favorite women, love you both. Y'all enrich my day. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jessica and I. We do receive that baby. Yes, we do. And Hernie Weber. No, we don't want an effective Republican <laughs> to take his place.
1: We'd rather have our gay villain. Let's let us keep our gay villain. We don't want an effective member of Congress.
0: <laughs> no, oh my God, pink love, Jessica, grown up toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's true. Ain't that the truth. Now, when we start insulting toddlers, though. Grown a pink love, Jessica. I don't know. <laughs> you know, TYT our TYT members, Crystal Brain. Hey, Crystal, you running strong this week, baby? I assume Santos means he continues to serve the people of NY3 with lies. <laughs> Seems like that's all he served up so far.
1: He really does need to show the real congressman of Nassau County, <laughs> and you just follow him. <laughs>
0: Ain't that the truth, Jessica? I'm telling you, the man gonna rake in millions legitimately Mm -hmm. for a chance when he get that reality TV show. He is a reality TV show waiting to happen, guarantee Uh you. And then Michael Wright. Oh, before I forget, Nina 2024. Oh, Michael. you so much. Now you know this whole country, the world would explode, baby. They ain't ready for this black girl magic, but I appreciate you. And each and every one of you who commented today, those of you who are watching us live. And for those of you whose comments we could not get to today, we appreciate you so very much. We could not do what we do here on Unboss or the TYT Network without you, Boom. We appreciate you so very much. Now we are about to talk about another great historical figure. Her name is Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake <laughs> revives Obama Bertha conspiracy with no mention of donation to the campaign. That's right. Hypocrisy just flows like water on the GOP side. This headline right here Trump backed Carrie Lake, knocked doors for Obama, former colleague says. But you know what? We're not going to let the truth get in the way of a good story. That's what Carrie Lake has right now a very good story. Not a whole lot of truth, Lake running for Arizona governor as self-proclaimed only conservative in the race, but she forgot to tell the people she knocked doors for President Obama. In a new book, the Trump ally and potential running mate Carrie Lake blows a birther racist dog whistle to supporters claiming Barack Obama had a mysterious past. Cuz yeah, the first black president obviously had to have a serious pass when he ran for president, but does not mention that she donated to Obama in 2008 and reportedly campaigned for him door to door too. Baby, she was all for that hope and change in 2008, but she don't want you all to know that. Lake donated to his campaign to the Democratic candidate for president in 2004, John Kerry. Oops. And 2008, Obama, oops. She has said the Obama donation was made by her husband. Blame it. Damn it, woman. Ain't you an independent woman? Huh? Blame it on the man. Is that what we're doing now, ladies? Because that shows true. We done really made it. But we can turn that thing around and blame it on the man. Y'all go ahead and put that on back up. I will not finish. Y'all know I can't help commentating through this. I'm trying. She has said the Obama donation was made by her husband while insisting there's nothing wrong with having been a Democrat before turning Republican. You got that right, so ain't nothing wrong with it. You got a right to change your mind. You do, I support it. Change your mind anytime you want to, but just don't don't blame it on the man. Own up to it, be a woman about it, woman up. Don't blame your damn husband, lady, what's wrong with you? You're setting women back. Oh, Jessica, come on in here. I, I'm I'm really out of control right now.
1: Yeah, when I was in Iowa and I was knocking doors, there would be women who would answer the door, and she'd be like, you know, I don't know. I just have to ask my husband. It's like, will you caucus for Bernie Sanders? Sorry, my husband said I I have to be a fascist. My bad. Uh, so the answer is no. It is 2023. Come on. Come on, ladies. So yeah, Obama's got a <laughs> mysterious past of receiving donations from Carrie Lake. That's the past. And if you look into how she became a a public figure beyond her local news program, they started running this like competition at the network she was at to see who could get the most hits on social media. So more people would, would hear the stories, see the news network. And she got so addicted to this competition and the attention. And she realized if she commentated on Donald Trump a lot, those videos did the best. And that's how Carrie Lake rose to become a Trump supporter and a public figure. Because she's literally addicted to attention, not because her husband changed his mind about what direction they should go or she had a change of heart. It was literally just for the attention and I think she's continuing on that path.
0: Inebriated, I said attention baby gets her high. Now in August of 2022, the Washington free beacon, a right wing site reported that an Unarmed former colleague at Fox 10 Phoenix said Lake also volunteered door to door for Obama. The said Lake's alleged behavior doesn't just contradict her rhetoric. Network policy bars employees from campaigning for political candidates. Let us give you some other quotes from Lake's book because we know you're dying to know. The end of George W. Bush's presidency saw the complete and catastrophic collapse of the Republican Party. Party Lake writes in Unafraid. One Barack Hussein Obama, you damn right, baby. Say his whole name. Say his name. Say his name. A man with the mysterious past and virtually no accomplishments on his resume ascended to the presidency as if she got a whole lot of accomplishments. Jessica just told you how she became famous or infamous, depending on how you want to look at it. In America, we are not divided by religion, skin color, and the hundreds of other ways the left tries to separate us, she writes. We can have our differences, but it's our patriotism, baby. And love for our country and our constitution that brings us together. Cuz it ain't nothing like a constitution, baby. To bring people together. But Lake shows little love for some members of the Biden administration, she claims were only given senior roles because of factors including skin color. Carrie Lake, baby. Woo, baby, you need to go read. I mean, come on. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't bring it here, sister. I guess you're gonna blame your husband on this too. I just can't what you carry. But you know what, I changed my mind. I can with you, come on, boss, (laughs) please, come on, (laughs) let's do the dance. I bet you I'm gonna win, but we can do it, we can do it. (laughs) Lord have mercy, we will continue to report on this historic figure, Carrie Lake and her sidekick. Congressman George Santos, Jessica and I were just talking in the break that maybe they need to have their own show would be the Lake Santos show It's coming to a reality TV. It's going to be a reality TV show in the near future. Oh, Moving on to other things, air quality, Chicago has the worst air in the world. Wildfires in Canada push Chicago to worst air quality in the world. Reminder that the environmental obstacles we all face that we face are interconnected. Baby, there are no boundaries. There are no borders when it comes to the air, to water or to food. We're all in this together. Now what's happening in Canada has drastically affected the air of Chicago, New York residents in Columbus are urged to wear or in Cleveland rather in my in my right here in my backyard I've been out today and you can you can feel it and people have been talking about it and complaining about it all day today Cleveland Ohio we're feeling it too now what's happening in Canada you know it's happening here in the United States of America in other words every time we think that the problem is somebody else's problem we are reminded that it is all our problem collectively collectively. This headline right here, Chicago, Chicago's air quality. We're in the crosshairs, wildfires and wind push regions air to worsen the world. Global Pollution Index shows and you know it got to be pretty bad for Chicago to be worse in the entire world. This next headline, Canadian wildfire emissions hit record high as smoke reaches Europe. There it is, interconnected. and. As we just kind of look, you know, some scenes of what's happening over Chicago, as of 11 o'clock a.m., the air quality index has risen, had risen to a level considered very unhealthy, according to AirNow, a website that combines data from county, state, and federal air quality agencies nationwide. This means everyone, and we do mean everyone is at risk of experiencing health effects. Got to do something about this collectively. An update on the fire containment in Canada. According to reports from ABC News, there are nearly 500 wildfires <coughs> burning throughout Canada in places like British Columbia, Alberta, <coughs> Saskatchewan, and the Northwestern territories in Western Canada. As well as in Ontario, Quebec, and Nova Scotia in eastern Canada, according to the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Center. Furthermore, nearly 260 of the active fires have been deemed out of control. And more than 17.7 million acres have been scorched so far this year, fire officials said. So Jessica, I mean, this is yet a reminder, I think that we constantly as human beings get reminders over and over again that we are truly interconnected and we just can't turn our backs on people in other countries when something of this magnitude happens.
1: Yeah, I think the folks that are saying, oh, there's fires all of the time, this isn't a normal climate situation. It's not. It's really not. Uh, the amount of drought that's leading to fires and the amount of uh, flooding we have in areas that aren't used to that level of rain is the kind of climate change we can expect when we keep polluting the planet like this. It's not global warming in the sense that it's going to get hot everywhere, it's climate change in the sense that when we have the ice caps melting and the world gets warmer, it changes weather patterns and stuff like this happens when you have really dry land and a lot of pine needles on the ground and lightning strikes it. Those are the conditions that give us the wildfires in Canada. It's directly related to climate change and this is kind of mother nature giving us smoke signals that th- stuff's about to get real, literally. Uh, and she's saying you don't want that smoke, but um,
0: I know, <laughs> what we do not.
1: is like, past policy in proportion to the problem as it exists. We gave people the Green New Deal and they literally rolled their eyes at it. So we have a chance to do something here and we need to do something big.
0: Yeah, we do. And you know what, Mother Earth is gonna outlast, I mean, she's gonna have that last laugh, she's outlasted Mm -hmm. for millennia. And just the fact, our arrogance. I mean, because this really shows the arrogance of human beings. We're doing a disservice. Now we're moving on to the Supreme Court of the United States. They reject Norfolk's motion. Hello, somebody, I never thought I'd say this. But there is some good news when it comes to Norfolk trying to destroy everyone in its path. And the good news is that The Supreme Court of the United States said, get this mess out of here. We're not playing with you. Opponents of unmitigated corporate power celebrated Tuesday when the US Supreme Court rejected Norfolk's attempt to limit where companies can be sued. Common dreams, thank you. And a five to four opinion written by Justice Neil Gorsuch. And joined by Justices Clarence Thomas, Lord have mercy on all my souls, Samuel Alito, Sonia Sotomayor, and Kataji Brown Jackson, the High Court ruled a Pennsylvania's consent by registration law requiring an out of state firm to answer in the commonwealth any suit against it in in exchange for status as a registered foreign corporation. And the benefits that that entails does not violate due process clause of the 14th amendment. Now this stems from a case long before the disastrous train derailment in East Palestine in February of this year. In 2017, months after being diagnosed with colon cancer, former North Forth Uh, Worker Robert Mallory filed a lawsuit alleging that his illness stemmed from workplace exposure to asbestos and other hazardous materials. And that the rail carrier failed to provide safety equipment and other resources to ensure he was sufficiently protected on the job. Now, although he never worked in Pennsylvania, Mallory filed his lawsuit in Philadelphia county court of common pleas because his attorneys were from the state and he thought he would get fair access to justice there. Ashley Keller, the lawyer representing him before the US Supreme Court told the lever in February. And speaking of East Palestine, this ruling has a major implication, has major implications for the residents of this city. The American Association of Railroads, the rail industry's largest lobby, filed a brief last September on behalf of Norfolk, AAR, and other powerful corporate lobbying groups such as the US Chamber of Commerce, the National Association of Manufacturers, and the American Trucking Association. They sought to undermine the ability of workers and consumers to file lawsuits in the venue of their choosing. President Joe Biden's administration meanwhile came under fire earlier this year when the lever revealed that the US Department of Justice had also filed a brief siding with the railroad giants behind the toxic derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Yes, folks, America, you heard me right. And this is especially for the neoliberals. I'm gonna read this one more good time because it wasn't President Donald J Trump. President Joe Biden's administration, meanwhile, came under fire this year. When the lever revealed that the US Department of Justice had filed a brief siding with the railroad giants behind the toxic derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, and Trump did not make them do it. Furthermore, if Norfolk had prevailed, it could have been easier for the profitable profitable rail carrier to thwart pending and future lawsuits on the grounds that they're they're filed in the wrong venue. The lever reported citing Scott Nelson, an attorney with the Public Citizens Litigation Group, which filed a brief backing Mallory. Oh, at a particular risk. At particular risk would have been lawsuits filed by residents exposed to hazardous chemicals as a result of accidents in other states, including victims of air or water pollution stemming from the disaster in East Palestine, five miles west of the Pennsylvania state border. And speaking of those residents, let us call back what many of them are still dealing with.
1: I had. I breathed in chemicals and I had a raw rash all over my lips that took about three weeks to get rid of. Just recently, like when it rains, my basement floods with chemicals and my nose starts gushing blood. I choke on it. It's terrible. And my house hasn't even been tested. It's not in priority for Norfolk Southern, but I'm getting sick every single day, whether it be a cough, a bloody nose. Just fatigued. I mean, it's terrible. And still, to this point, it's still still affecting you in that way. Yes, and it's just been getting like progressively worse for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like my cough, my allergies, my nosebleeds. Like at first, it was like one nosebleed here and there. And now it's constant. Like I have to worry about what I'm wearing because I'm scared I'm going to get blood on my shirt. <laughs>
0: Nobody can tell the story like the residents of East Palestine. And it is important for us to remind you that even though mainstream media, thank you, status quo, although mainstream media has almost forgotten about East Palestine. We want you to know here on Unboss we have not forgotten about East Palestine, Ohio. And putting the face, to what is happening there and suffering is always it's a good thing because we don't want you to forget and we don't want you to become numb. So Jessica, this is some really good news for people all over the country, but especially in this moment for the residents of East Palestine.
1: It's really good news because we're seeing over the past week from the National Transportation Safety Board fact finding hearing is that those rail cards may have been unnecessarily burned. So that means that folks have been harmed by what they did, breathing those chemicals in when they may have done it to to cut costs, not because it was necessary. And so this ruling's a good one, that uh, if you're doing business in a state, you can and should be sued in that state. If you do something as egregious as this, corporations, the fact that Norfolk Southern thought they could sue, the, uh, and bring this case to the Supreme Court, tells you everything you need to know about how much power corporations know that they have in this country. So this is a step in the right direction.
0: It really is. I mean, the Supreme Court of the United States has been surprising me as of late between the voting rights stuff and this. My God, yeah, keep it up, Supreme Court, keep going in this direction, all right? Oh, right? We're about to have a WTF neoliberal moments. Chuck Schumer, Senator Chuck Schumer, loves his owner donors, especially in the fossil fuel industry, and it has me asking WTF neoliberal. We will now
1: kneel. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema, no.
0: You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Hey, Schumer, get off it. people over the Trump over Schumer. Trump. Trump. What?
1: So why did, how did you
0: get in here? That was that was the activists of climate defiance. You heard the guy say, "How how did they get in here? They letting it be known, baby. They taking the fights to the streets, taking it to the streets. Those activists. And here is a tweet from client <laughs> of climate defiance. Breaking, we just fully shut down a fundraiser headline headlined by US Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Schumer took two hundred and eighty-three thousand dollars or two hundred in there too from Next Era in exchange. He green lit the mountain valley. Pipeline, because all you got to do is pay these people off and they'll do whatever you ask. This is a death sentence for us. So we shut down his event and we did not apologize. So glad that they taken it straight to the source baby. And just in case there were any brunch bunch Chuck Schumer fans watching, we've got the receipts because brunch bunch, I know you out there. The reporting from the New York Times last year, next era energy. A utility giant and stakeholder in the Mountain Valley Pipeline is a top donor to both Mr. Manchin and Senator Chuck Schumer. Democrat of New York who negotiated the pipeline side deal with Mr. Manchin. Mr. Schumer has received more than $281,000 from NextEra. This election cycle the data shows. The Natural Gas Transport Project would cut through 3.5 miles of forest underground, requiring whole areas be cleared for a deep trench. Its path would intersect four streams and pose a gray water contamination risk. If built, the pipeline would damage Jefferson National Forest's beauty and put its wildlife at risk. This is absolutely dangerous. So Jessica, I was I'm glad to see climate defiance take it to the streets, i.e. taking it straight to the donors.
1: Yeah, direct action is good and necessary. I think we all know we're not going to be able to vote a lot of these establishment candidates out of their seat right away. So what do we do with the circumstance we have, which is Schumer's going to continue to hold that seat and be in power and a lot of neoliberal politicians like him as well? Direct action That's the only path forward, power will concede nothing without a demand. We've got to make elected officials as uncomfortable as the decisions they make. Make us by destroying the environment, you're making the American people very uncomfortable. And so there are a lot of folks who criticize direct action by showing up there and chanting and occupying his office, that's necessary. Make him uncomfortable, make him understand the consequences of his actions because clearly. He thinks he can treat the environment environment like it's just a pawn in the game. He can treat his constituents and the people that will be affected by things like this as if they're pawns in a political game and there's real people on the other side of this. And I think direct actions remind them of that as well.
0: Oh, yeah, exposing the hypocrisy and your quote of power can seize nothing without a demand as brother frederick douglass and he also talked about your point about people don't like direct action he also talked about how people want crops without thunder you know without rain you you want all that but you don't want to go through the motions that it takes to get that and often it is not pretty so climate defiance thank you so much for what you're doing now we got to go back to mountain valley for the developer of mountain valley pipeline now has a clear path to finishing the project because they paid the they paid off the politician. But it also has literally tons of aging pipe that has been sitting out in the elements for a long for as long as six years. That's a potential safety problem, according to experts, manufacturers, safety advocates, and opponents of the pipeline. Sunlight and rain degrade the epoxy coating on the pipes that prevents corrosion. Damage to the coating increases the risk of ruptures and explosions. Now while he was getting hundreds of thousands of dollars in from these developers for the horrendous project. Schumer had the audacity to tweet this last year. Here it is, the facts are undeniable. Climate change is real and only getting worse on Earth Day. And every day we continue to fight for real action to tackle the climate crisis for good. Lord, y'all don't believe nothing that comes out of these people's mouths, follow the money always. And a reminder for the pipeline and Schumer, building more pipelines could Drive climate change for decades to come. Even just one additional large scale pipeline could lead to millions of metric tons of carbon dioxide emissions annually. The equivalent of adding dozens of coal plants or millions of passenger vehicles. We see you Senator Schumer, we see you Joe Manchin and shame on President Joseph R Biden for approving this project, shame on you. All right, climate defiance baby y'all keep making them uncomfortable. Now to some good news, Yusuf Celine has a primary victory baby. Central Park five or the exonerated five as they are known as now. Yusuf Celine wins the Democratic primary city council primary in Harlem, New York. New York City Council elections will be held on November the 7th of this year. But Youssef won the primary with 98% of scanners reporting Salim 49 garnered 50% or 5,403 votes. Salim is a board member of the Innocence Project and founding member of Justice for the Wrongfully Incarcerated. I'm here because Harlem you believed in me. Harlem has spoken. Yes, they did, baby. Yes, they did. Let's go ahead and put up the graphics so folks can see who else was in that race. You see all these folks and we see who won this primary. Now Trump hates the exonerated five and will not apologize. Many of you may have seen the special. If you have not seen the special, you need to watch it. But here we are. President Donald J Trump, this headline, Trump doesn't apologize to Central Park Five. You have people on both sides of that, he always talking at both sides of that smack. 34 years ago, Donald Trump took out a full page ad in the New York Times demanding the death penalty for the Central Park Five. Now, as Trump is facing his own prison time, Yusef Selim, is on his way to be the New York Council member for Harlem. How you like me now, <laughs> President Donald J. Trump? And um, I want, we want you to take a look at this.
1: I said, of course I hate these people, and let's all hate these people because maybe hate is what we need if we're going to get something done. I mean, it's incredible when a, a reporter asks no. me whether or not I have compassion for the people that did this crime. Uh, I have absolutely
0: a- no compassion. Uh,
1: that question up now. It's an interesting time to bring it up. You have people on both sides of that, they admitted their guilt. If you look at Linda Fairstein and if you look at some of the prosecutors, they think that the city should never have settled that case. So we'll leave it at that.
0: Now we already know that President Donald J Trump has no shame, the exonerated five, right? They were were exonerated and even in the face of the facts, this president is so arrogant and so narcissistic that he can't even admit that he was wrong. So Jessica so happy for Mr. Celine, glad that he won this primary. And I do hope that he wins the general election in November.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely amazing that people come up to him. He said this in a TV interview when he was running and tell him that they give them hope. That tells you everything you need to know about the state of our broken systems of justice in the United States. That this is not some obscure case where there's no others like it. The fact that people say this gives them hope means that this happens on a pretty frequent basis and the fact that he was exonerated and able to run again giving people hope that tells you how prevalent the problem of wrongfully accused people being convicted, especially people who are black in the United States. It's a huge problem in the United States. And I think someone who has experienced the broken systems that we have are probably the the best people to repair or tear down and build better and new ones. So he's so qualified to be in the city council. We need more people like him in positions of power and representing people in a way that traditionally in these gerrymandered districts, we don't have representation that does that.
0: Yes, and he beat the status quo candidate. He beat the candidate that the mayor was pushing for and that was Inez. He did. And I mean, it really shows that people see through the neoliberalism and they're tired of the the same old politics. And so, yeah, Yousef is going to be a great, a tremendous addition to the city council representing Harlem. He just has to get through that primary. And it's my hope, Jessica, oftentimes when people, and I'm sure he has, you know, his advisors around him, you got to run just as hard. You know, He has to run harder in that general cannot rest on his laurels and get all the way through to November so that we ensure victory and have somebody with his experience, his life experience more importantly on that city council.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a tough district to be running in, right? When we see gentrification in New York and Queens and Harlem, uh, we see people move in because they like the culture of the area. And then they move in and increase the prices of the homes in the area and push out the people that actually made the culture and community what it is. And I think he really ran in Harlem at a time when that's on a lot of people's minds there because we see it starting to happen. It's definitely happened in Queens. It's already happening in Harlem and to have have someone like Yusuf be their representative in this moment and run in this moment, things were ripe for him to win. And I'm glad that they got the representation they need before Harlem's completely decimated of the kind of community it's been for so long in New York. Seeing that happen in New York City as someone who grew up nearby has just been absolutely insane. Gentrification isn't just a problem of class, it's a problem of destroying communities and culture. And it oftentimes happens across racial lines as well.
0: It does, the fabric of the community. And we know that Harlem has a historic and robust History that must be celebrated and maintained. So brother Youssef, run, brother Youssef, run. We are rooting for you, darling. But that is our time here on Unbossed. We are so glad that you stopped by. If you are watching us on video on demand, thank you so much. For those of you who watched us live, you know how I feel about you. And Jessica, having her here on a weekly basis means so much to us. Please make sure that you catch her great work for a, for a more perfect union. And as she said at the top of the show, you can catch her on Snapchat delivering the news baby like only Jessica Burbank can. Oh, you That's know what annoying. I want to I'm do. keeping up the faith in Keeping up the faith in the fight. See, Jessica already did it to me. (laughs) not believe I made it through a show and I didn't throw any damn papers. What is happening today? I did not. All right, Jessica already said it, baby, that's what we want you to do. We want you to keep the faith always, 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 but marry that faith with a whole lot of fight until next time.
1: Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and the Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.